It's Tyler, Dan, and Bass here for Anime Degens Episode 3. We got up this week ready to give you guys some more deep dives into anime episodes. This week, we'll be covering our shutdown throwdown from last week. That includes thoughts on ReZero, Dr. Stone, and Kill a Kill. Some really great stuff. Then, we'll be going into our weekly rundown segment that includes Buddy Daddies. Fellas, I heard about some uh, Demon Slayer news this week. What's, what's been going on with that? Yeah, uh, so Demon Slayer, uh, the movie is officially dropping everywhere. Right now, they're doing a little sneak peek in LA. I can't remember exactly when. It might be right now, like this weekend. I'm not sure. Oh, I guess this but, uh, but for everybody else, the movie's hitting theaters uh, at March 3rd. So this is going to be a recap of the last two episodes. And then it's going to be like a 45-minute intro episode for the Swordsman Arc season. So I got my tickets for March 7th. I'm very excited. Bro, I need yeah. to get mine. I'm, I'm pretty excited about that, actually. The, uh, actually, the, the actual season is going to be debuting in April as well. So we won't have to wait very Ooh. long. So. That's a great way to go into this season. That's awesome. Yes, sir. And I heard they're going to... Uh, somehow take the animation in that show to the next level like i didn't think that was possible man so we'll see how that goes yeah i saw that on twitter today and i was like there's no way like what are they gonna do what else are they gonna do it's it's damn near perfect in my in my eyes how it is but yeah that is gonna be a crazy weekend for anime i know that tyler as well has a little aot news for us yeah uh attack on titan final season part three is actually going to be split into two parts now one one hour episode on uh, March fourth, and then the second one hour episode, uh, late twenty twenty three. Uh, probably the fall season is all we got. So that is going to be a banger weekend. Yes, sir. I, I think so. But I got a question for you guys. Do you think they're actually going to end it on like a movie style episode? You think they're really going to end it this time? I hope so, man. Yeah, they so. have to. They have to. It makes sense. <laughs> it makes so. sense. I don't have much faith myself. Awesome. But uh, so if you guys listened to last week, we started off with a new little segment we're calling the showdown throwdown where we each bring a different anime to the table. And last week we tried to convince everybody to watch them and we all kind of agreed that they all sounded pretty fun. So we decided to actually watch them and we're going to dive into it a little bit more and give you our opinions on it. So to start, we're going to start with ReZero. Tyler, if you want to hit us with a brief summary of that again. Yes, sir. Um, so, a teenage ReZero, it's a teenage otaku, Natsuki Subaru, is thrown into a mysterious world on his way home from a convenience store. As he searches for the heroine who he assumes summoned him, he crosses paths with a beautiful half-elf girl. So, boys, what did y'all think about this? Well, um, I actually really, really enjoyed it. I'm going to go ahead and start off with that. Um I know this is in your top five, Tyler, and I think it, yeah. it showed up that way for me. Um, it started off really strong. Um, the characters, there was a couple that annoyed me, like uh, Felt. Uh, I just thought she just flew off the handle all the time, and it kind of started getting get on my nerves a little bit. But what about you, Dan? Yeah, you know, Felt just kind of, she seemed really one-dimensional. She kind of reminded me of like that atypical isekai side chick. <laughs> if that makes sense. She just, I mean, she's just trying to grind, you know? That's, I mean, I can it. feel that, but like, if you're not even letting people talk when they're trying to do business with you, that, that'll get on my nerves. You know, I'm I, I'm a salesman by trade. I'm all Same. about talking through some business. Uh, if you got a proposition for me, 
you know, even if I don't think I want to hear it, I'll, I'll I will hear you out nine times out of ten. I I guess too, it's the fact that we saw the exact same side of felt basically three times in a row, besides a the very end oh of the God. first checkpoint. I want to say, you know, it and did that, get repetitive a little bit. And I think that was one of the uh, the things that, like, the only thing I really didn't like about it is that how repetitive it did get. You know, I thought they could have at least tried to skip a few points here and there. Like, you didn't have to run into the muggers every time and, like, have to sit through that and, you know. But it was fun how he just kind of got pissed off eventually about it. <laughs> and it was like, get the hell out of my way, dude. I don't got time for this. I know you're going to get your ass kicked somehow. Yes, sir. Um, actually, the three muggers helped me kind of figure out... Um, on his growth and really that things could happen differently straight up the get go. So I thought that was a, a good for the plot for my understanding, but I could definitely see how um, those repetitive things, the first few episodes uh, could get a little monotonous there. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's kind of like the thing that even though like, I think I made it to episode six and um, I feel like I've watched two episodes, you know, I completely understand. I'm on episode so it's kind four of a and weird, I'm like, it's I, kind of a weird bar. Yeah, it's kind of a weird thing where, you know, you spent, well, I don't know, hour and a half, two hours, and it kind of felt like you spent maybe 30 minutes watching show, which is a good thing, because it's not like a pacing issue where, like, you feel like it's dragging on. Very true. Because it's very, you know, in-depth and everything like that, but, um, But when he actually, know. like, uh, s- succeeds, you know, it, it makes you feel really good, though, you know? Yeah, he I, got lucky. I think. <laughs> <laughs> he gets lucky a lot, to be honest. <laughs> I mean, but I did like it because, um... I mean, when he finally gets through his first like boss battle or checkpoint or whatever like that, um, it's cool to see how every little thing that he did came together to help him succeed. And that also made me wonder, you know, what else? I mean, how lucky is he going to have to keep getting? You know, because it's it. I also complain about it with One Piece is it's there's a lot of ass pulls, right? So I don't want them to lean on that too heavy. I want it to be more of his him knowingly doing those things to affect the outcome. Let's but see it was right good, now. Man. Right now, you know, he's uh, trying to figure out exactly what's going on. This is what Very y'all true. seeing right now. So once he learns to, like, harness uh, the uh, power ability that he has, he actually stops becoming as lucky. He actually okay. um, works to make it happen, if you know, right. if you know so what I'm saying. So it shifts to more like strategy instead of just luck. Yes. He's just, so. it's like at the beginning of a game. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, he's got to figure everything out. So. Gotcha. What did you guys uh, think about the characters, Bass, on your end? Who'd you, uh, who's your favorite? Um, I'm going to say Rom was my favorite so far. I just like that he was just kind of looking out uh, for Felt and he was like a straight shooter. I respected that a lot. Um, my man was also trying to box somebody that was way out of his league, which I, I thought was really cool too. <laughs> um, outside of Rom, I really enjoyed uh, Betty, Beatrice. She was giving some serious digs to my man Subaru, and I, I was, like, audibly laughing. I think she called him, like, a uh, uh, an empty brain loser or something like that, <laughs> and I, I chuckled. I actually chuckled out loud, which doesn't he happen a lot is, when I'm though, watching shows. You know? I mean, he is. It, yeah. was just, it was funny because it was true, and she, like, eyed him up so quickly. Yeah, I think I'd have to say it's kind of weird because uh, I think Elsa was my favorite character in the beginning mm-hmm. because she was the one who made me want to keep watching because I wanted to see how they were going to take her down. You know, like that's fair. Honestly. It was it was she was the driving factor in the story for me because like one when she's a baddie. 
And she's also bad. Like, facts, facts. she's also <laughs> scary, you know? And I mean, she's just going around gutting people. True. And I think and it I was think, a little bit easier to like, like her because she didn't repeat what she did a lot. I mean, yeah, she was gutting people. That's what she does. In a different like, way. She was coming in at different points. She was figuring things out a different way each time. So that made it really, she mixed it up a little bit for us. But, but yeah, like having like a point of, all right, this is what I have to win made it a lot more interesting for me. I guess I'm not far enough into it yet for the second checkpoint to know what that is. Cause we don't know why he, you know, he's just waking up randomly in a bed again yet. So I think knowing that will keep me more interested. You know, I like to know what the end goal is, I guess. Okay. And then uh, I did, I will say, I really like the fact that Subaru also wasn't your stereotypical Isekai character. That is big props for me zero in my book. <laughs> <laughs> but some of these side characters still seemed like that stereotypical isekai character. Like I'm watching Amelia and I'm like, oh, this is just, you know, powerful girl who's a little dopey. Okay, got it. And, um, and you know, like Amelia, she's made out to be like the main uh, female lead or whatever. But actually, she she actually isn't uh, okay. going down oh. the line. She they they do a very good job at uh like well, thanks for the spoiler no it, it's not <laughs> like that she's actually very uh you know high up on the list but they do a very good job at evening out uh several different um people you know, okay side that's... characters so i love when um writers do that honestly yeah as long as it's not a harem for super i'm good with it true okay no. so, so tyler <laughs> I, I don't think so <laughs> I got a question for you, Tyler. Who's your favorite character since you watched the whole thing? Um, Is it somebody that's already showed up? I, I want to say Subaru because I know he's the main character, but from where we first seen him, being like a mindless uh, idiot or whatever, mm-hmm. um, to where I know he's gonna go, like it's a crazy character development. Like it's so it's so good. Like he overcome so much to get to where he is in the end of the last season so okay. Subaru's Subaru's my guy he's probably like one of my top uh, main characters as well um, gotcha. overall so gotcha Bass what did you think about when he got to the um, the mansion and the lord said he could grant whatever wish he wanted or whatever that was within his power and Hong was like, give me a job. And I was like, are you kidding me, dude? You I thought that just was so dumb you. of him. <laughs> I'm sitting there, I'm like, you could have asked for money, fame, power, whatever, man, and you want to be a butler. Right. Come like, on, no, man. Knowing the importance of Amelia and what he like did for them, like you could ask for anything. I would have asked for maybe my own plot of land with a home on it and some some chickens or something, something to sustain myself. Like, there's just so many options other than working for them. You know what I'm saying? Bro, you and that also asked. made him sp- uh, suspicious. He could have asked for the future queen's hand in marriage due to been the king. He could have been Bro. right cheat code to the top. Gold. <laughs> Livestock, land. He could have had anything and he chose to work. So we'll see how that serves him in the story. <laughs> I guess the anime would be very long if he just became some freaking lord chilling, <laughs> chilling on his 100 acres with a bunch of servants. I guess <laughs> that's true. I, guess I will that's say true. It, it does make sense after a while why he did what he did. So. Okay. Okay. So That's what I was know. wondering when I was watching. I was like, yeah. there has to be a reason he he did that. that yeah, it'll make sense yet. soon. 
Um, I want to ask you this, Tyler. So, like, during Subaru's, like, I think his second or third life, uh, Katamon, the fruit seller, said he, he had already saved his daughter. He's like, how can I uh, be mad at the person to save my daughter or something like that? But he hadn't yet. Like, how does that work? Well, so, I think you might have misunderstood what actually happened. Um, Maybe. It was the, very confusing. The Subaru didn't actually save his daughter. Um, if you remember, um, he went by the fruit stand earlier and asked a question. I think it was, how many times have you seen me? Or something like that. Right. And the fruit seller was like, none. What are you talking about? Do you want to buy this or not? And Subaru's like, no, I don't have any money. I'm broke. And laughed or whatever. And he's like, get the hell out of here. Mm-hmm. So later on, Subaru he goes back and starts thinking about um, what's going actually what's going on um, and stuff like that. And then he goes back. He notices that some events are happening that's happened before. And he goes back and then he questions the fruit uh, stall dude about what um, the mugging that happened, pickpocket that happened. And that's when he decided to help him. And Subaru's like, thanks for helping me, even though I didn't buy something. He was like, no, no big deal. Um, another broke uh, girl helped save my daughter um so basically he's repaying the kindness by looking oh. at broke people differently because okay. another broke a person I, I, saved his daughter i was gonna so. say i think it, i think it was amelia saved the daughter Got because you. I she was, was really going you know she was right there and she was looking around so that's the kind I mean, of thing that she would sense. do I, that just like threw me for a loop i was like wait wait a second this this didn't happen like that so okay okay yeah so you kind of misunderstood uh, that's a very easy misconception right there but uh, he didn't actually save it he just got lumped in by being broke. He he told him he was broke earlier, so gotcha. and he helped him out because he was broke. And a broke kid helped his daughter earlier. So, all right, that makes sense. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Well, Bass, what you what do you think of it after your first look? I mean, I'm probably too early to give it a rating since it's a 50 episode show. But what was your <laughs> initial thoughts? I mean, it's something I definitely keep watching. Uh, that's something I could I could definitely just watch. You know, on a Saturday, I got nothing to do. Um, it. Pretty much any point. I really liked it. Good recommendation, Tyler. What about you, Dan? Yeah, I, I can definitely see the appeal for the show. I don't know if it's a hundred percent for me yet. Um, but you know, it's a slower time in my anime watching days. I just finished up a bunch of shows, so uh, we'll probably see if it picks up a little more. Definitely, definitely something I would enjoy. Uh, cool. I love that y'all watch it. I um, love that y'all loved watching it. Yeah, good recommendation, man. That was that was oh, yeah. pretty good start to a show. Yeah, definitely. Awesome. Bass, you want to uh, bring us into Dr. Stone with a little recap for anybody who didn't listen last week? Yeah, just to start you guys off with the synopsis. uh, One fateful day, the whole world is petrified by a blinding flash of light. After several millennia, high schooler Taju awakens and finds himself lost in a world of statues. It's post-apocalyptic. However, he's not alone. His science-loving friend, Senku, has been up and running for a few months and has got a grand plan in mind to reach to kickstart civilization with the power of science. So I was the one that made this recommendation guys. Uh, your thoughts on it. Uh, yeah. So I really liked the world rebuilding aspect of this uh, show and that's what it does very well. I think it actually reminds me of a couple of shows that I extremely like, like ascendance of the bookworm, how a realist hero rebuilt the kingdom even that time I was reincarnated as a slime, um, I felt that it done it really well. I, uh, what do you think, Dan? Yeah, I'm I'm really digging the plot, man. It's kind of like a weird in between of like a uh, isekai and a shonen. 
Yeah. That makes sense because it has that feel to it. Yeah. While it's not like a fantasy or video game world, it's still, I mean, these guys are back in the stone ages, essentially off the rip. So it's definitely an interesting feel to it. Um, one thing I really enjoyed, I kind of paralleled this and ReZero pretty well. I mean, the main characters are just normal dudes. I mean, Senku's a genius, but in the same time, you know, Subaru is really good at video games. So him going into that kind of role, kind of, they both have an upper edge in that front, you know? That's true. Yeah, and I also like that Senku tries to explain the science behind all his decisions and creations. I really like that aspect uh, into this anime, honestly. Yeah, that's uh, one of my favorite things about it, actually, is it kind of explains why he's doing what he's doing, how he's going to do it, and then he goes and does it. Yeah, it's it's pretty cool. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, I mean, hands down, my favorite part was how, like Bass mentioned last week, everything is well thought out and realistic. And I really enjoyed the fact that when they're making gunpowder, they actually give a warning like, hey, this will work. Don't fucking do it. <laughs> You'll blow your hand off. <laughs> Yeah, they're just um, making real world th- real world things in an anime, and like you know how many how many anime like do that? It's very very unique that way. Just the cooking ones. <laughs> I haven't seen any of those, so I'll let you have that one. I don't know if y'all I don't know if y'all remember this or not, but the uh, at the beginning when everybody turned to stone, they show that puppy in the on the leash. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. Yeah, why they gotta do that for? That, that uh, made me sad, that sad. honestly. I, I think it was. Sad. I think it was to show that it, it only affected humans and swallows, which is super weird. But they, but the dog, the pup, little puppy dog, was you know just stuck there. Nah, you get out of his leash. You uh, can figure it out. Yeah, yeah, he grew out of it. He got stronger. Yeah. Hopefully, <laughs> but we're starved. We're we're not bringing we're not bringing dead animals into this yet. <laughs> no, 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 uh, no. Leave the puppies out of it, Tyler. I'm not ready to try. But but y'all say the animals didn't get affected, but the birds did. What's it was that? just swallows. Oh, really? Okay. Yep, and huh. they don't know why. I mean, they have no idea why anything happened, so who knows? Yeah, yeah that's like one of the big mysteries of the, the anime that like continues even in the season two. It's not something that they figure out very quickly. Okay. So I think once they kind of unlock what that is, they'll be able to figure out why it happened in the first place. There's, there's some kind of connection there that we're just not sure about yet. And uh, I I don't know about y'all, but uh, I I felt like Taiju yelled extremely too much, honestly, <laughs> like extremely too much. This dude he yells when he's supposed to be whispering. He's a he he's a dunce. He's a big oaf. He's a big <laughs> oaf, like Sanku likes to say. But yeah, he's a little annoying. But go ahead, Dan. I was gonna say I think it's actually important that he plays that role because Sanku and Taiju are like the ultimate team, you know, and um. Yeah. It was really fun seeing that dynamic. I think that was one of the things I actually really enjoyed is the fact that Senku was cold, calm, and collected a little too much, a little arrogant, you know, but Taiju was heart of gold and just an awesome character, in my opinion. He does yell a little bit, but I didn't really, I didn't really bother them, didn't bother me too much. The only thing that really bothered me with this show was how they animated teeth. Oh my I god! I'm a, I completely agree with that. There was a lot of teeth that were just <laughs> way too animated. I was like, this is kind of weird. <laughs> yeah, I didn't. I didn't really notice that, to be honest. Okay, maybe try not to. Yeah, <laughs> try not, not to be able to unsee yeah, it. I'm now, going to. Watch. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, how about you, Tyler? Who are your your favorite characters? I guess going forward, uh, so far. Uh, I mean, I really. 
even though I hate that he yells so much, I really like Taiju. He stands by what he believes in. He's like like y'all say, he's strong, but he refuses to hurt people. He would rather just sit there and tank shit. Like that's crazy. And even even when you know the ones that he loves are at risk, he still refuses to to really uh, go against his values. I, I like it's a that. man's man. Yeah, that's a man's like man. That. He really is. He really is. I really what like about that. you, Dan? Yeah, no, I was like I said, Senku and Taiju are probably my two favorite. That dynamic's just really fun to watch. It really is. Uh yeah. They they play off each other really, really well. Uh personally Taiju is my favorite. I mean, he's just got a heart of gold. It's yeah. hard not to like that guy. And and like Tyler said, he doesn't bend his morals at any point. <clears throat> so what'd you guys think about uh Tsukasa? Fuck well, that guy. Yeah. <laughs> I thought it was trouble when they first woke him up, to be honest. So I was like, this guy's going to be trouble. Right. That's kind, that's kind of that's one of the things that didn't go to plan. And, you know, it's definitely going to come to bite them in the ass. I mean, they get into it a little bit, but I'm interested to see where that goes because, you know, they split into two factions, essentially. You've got the Sukasa Empire and then the, the Village of Science going to go at it. And it'll be interesting to see who but comes I mean, out on top. But I mean, like... What what else could they have done besides wake Sukasa up though in that situation with the lions, you know? Well, yeah, I mean, exactly. There wasn't anything else to do. I mean, they had to they had to do it to survive. So it'd be interesting yeah. to see how much it comes to bite them in the ass. But I guess it's better than being dead and lion food. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. They're all screwed if that happens. You know, humanity is. So it's just a circumstance, you know. Is I think Sukasa, like I think humanity is kind of screwed, anyways. If Sukasa actually exceeds in what he's doing, uh, succeeds in what he's doing, um, trying to kill everyone that wants to take over again. Uh, I don't know how he knows that the people that he's actually killing are wanting to take over, though. But apparently, he knows somehow. Well, he, I think he wants to build his ideal society, you know, which is really fucked up. <laughs> it yeah. is. It is. I, I think he's he's using his knowledge about like kind of like the people he's looking at and kind of just going off that. Oh, this looks like a big, big strong guy that might, you know, be a little bit aggressive, you know. So, th- so there's some context clues, but yeah, you're right about him figuring out, OK, who would want to be part of this? So this is kind of a question for you, Bass. Um for us and the people wanting to watch it uh, further, um, is this more like a chill world-building drama, or does it move over to act like mainly action fighting after the initial beginning and world-building? What 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 happens in the future, bro? So <clears throat> there is a little bit more action, but it does mainly stay like world-building. Okay. Um, there's some good twists and turns that come along uh, later in the season that kind of kept me on the edge of my seat and got me in watching season two but yeah it's mainly world building it's mainly world building it, it it knows what it's good at i like that i like great world building shows honestly so yeah i really enjoyed senku's methodical way of approaching every problem and yeah. um using that to actually progress towards his goals and i mean he's literally just following the textbook on from stone age up so it's really interesting to see he might have used some cheat codes to get a little past that but uh Oh yeah, he, that's, he's going he's gonna, he's gonna to figure out how to speed run the thing. That was, that's what happens when you know the end game. That's true. That is true. Uh, did you guys see? I guess Tyler, did you see any other major themes to the show besides knowledge is and pow- knowledge is power so far? 
because I I don't think I've seen anything yet, but I'm interested to see where it goes. Uh, not not really. I think that um, even though Senku is a genius, he's he um, it shows very well that he uh, actually gets outsmarted and outplayed, um, which is I guess much needed because he's he's not seen as overpowered yet. I don't know if he does become overpowered or not, but as of right now, he's not OP, which I really like. He actually is getting outplayed kind of by Sukasa. So, yeah, I was going to say Sukasa is a lot smarter than it than it, it gives you off the front, yeah. right, right off the front of the book, I guess. And what, um, what did they I've call enjoyed him that when they woke him up? The primate student yeah. fighter or something like that. Like yeah. he's just yoked. When yeah, when you hear that, like the strongest you think, primate. Yeah, do, when you hear that, do you think of like a smart man? No. no. <laughs> he's oh, tough on them. He's me. he's from them streets. He's yeah. tough. Oh, he's got sure. that street knowledge. That really surprised me. So um All right, guys. So um a keep pass from you guys, uh Tyler. Uh it's a it's a keep for me. Um I'm definitely it's it's like a high seven out of ten for me so far. Um definitely a keeper. Um not that many seasons I don't think either. So it's easy watch. Um I'll probably actually watch more of it uh really soon. Um because I really enjoy those type of shows. So. Yeah, and for me too, you know, I think I I ended up binging like eleven episodes of this yesterday because <laughs> I had nothing else to do and uh I just really enjoyed it. Good. <laughs> just really enjoyed it. Um again, I'm kinda lacking a lacking a show that's not weekly right now. So I think both of these are gonna be ones that I watch. But uh yeah, really excited to see where it goes. Awesome. I'm glad I've turned a couple people onto it. And not as many people watch it as I think should. So, Dan, you want to get to a Kill a Kill? Yeah. So, uh, just a little bit of back info on Kill a Kill again. Ruka Matoi has been wandering the land in search of her father's killer. Following her only lead, she arrives at the pre- prestigious Anoiji Academy, a high school unlike any other. The Academy is ruled by the imposing and cold-hearted student council president, Satsuki Kiriwin, and her Elite Four. In the school brutally competitive in the school's brutally competitive hierarchy, Sasuke bestows upon those at the top Goku uniforms which grant the wearer unique hum- superhuman abilities. This is Ryuko's journey to uncover a person responsible for her father's murder. So uh yeah, it's a little different at the beginning than the last two shows we talked about. What'd you guys think? <laughs> so it started off fucking wild. So I think the first <laughs> words uh in the in the anime were them talking about um Nazi Germany. And I the first thing I thought was like, Dan is bugging. I don't know what he just made me watch, but he's bugging. Uh but it turned out really cool. Um unlike Dr. Stone and ReZero, it starts off sprinting. Not running sprinting. And I really, really enjoyed that, man. Yeah. Uh, for me, like the very first of it you could tell that it was going to be an over-the-top uh, anime. Everything is, like, over-dramatized, for sure, uh, which I really enjoy. Uh, so, um, that's, that's Studio Trigger 101, baby. Yeah. Like, <laughs> the dude comes in there, and, like, he just blows up and just goes crazy, and they fight, they chase and stuff like that. It was crazy. Like, this man's insane. So... Yeah. Yeah, and I don't know if you guys picked it up. They're talking about Nazi Germany. It's a really good foil to the hierarchy at the school. Oh, it's ex- there's a lot of imagery in it that uh, that paralleled Nazi Germany, which I thought was pretty pretty <laughs> smart on them. Um, and I think the last episode, Dan, you called uh, 
<clears throat> Satsuki, Queen B. That was a massive understatement, my boy. I mean, she was giving, you know, mad dictator, ruthless head of state, you know, <laughs> bad bitch, extraordinaire type of vibes. And I was loving it. I was like, this is my girl. I'm with her. I'm riding with her from the giddy. I just really loved it. And I think yeah. she uh, she gave a quote right there at the beginning. She said, fear is freedom. Subjugation is liberation. Contradiction is truth. And I thought <laughs> it was so damn funny, bro. I was like, yeah, she, she runs shit around here. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> what a... What I don't understand is like speaking of Satsuki, um, she acts like she rules the world. Like she's just the president of an academy, right? So why does everyone around her fear her, even though she's just the president of an academy? Does it ever explain that, or is it just like it, it just is what it is? It, it kind of, it kind of. I mean, that's her island. She runs that island, you know, and it kind of okay. stays inside of its own little world, uh, for the most part. So. You just got to think of it as like, that's the kingdom, essentially. And that's the hierarchy there. It's not like she's worried about America or anything like that, you know? It's just crazy that they give that to the president of a, a school. Like I said, it's just a lot for a president of a school. So. Yeah, I mean, you've seen the power of those Goku uniforms, man. You don't want to mess with those. <laughs> oh, I would never step to her. <laughs> Maybe she could step on me, but, you know, that's, that's, that's different. I'm not going to get that. <laughs> Facts. <laughs> Uh-oh. I guess speaking of uh, stepping on me, what do you guys think? Uh, did you think the fan service was a little overkill? I it, it made me cringe a few times. It made me cringe. There were some there were some uh, individual shots where I was like, "What are they doing here?" Well, for me, uh, Dan really hopped it up to being like overkill for fan service, but I've seen way worse. So. This this is like kind of mid on fan service compared to what I've seen, honestly. From, what what uh, <laughs> when have you seen more fan service than this? Uh, please, please explain. Yeah, I watch I watch a lot of you know, I watch a lot of harem, you know, oh, coms okay. and stuff like that. So gotcha, gotcha, uh, yeah. gotcha. So Dude, there are a lot of butt <laughs> shots that I, I just don't need in my life, but they fit the story really well, I guess. If uh if y'all know what I'm talking about, like monogatory, you know. I've seen that, so it's way worse than this. So okay, <laughs> I might have to give some of that stuff a watch just to see what's going on with that. Mm. I, 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 uh... <laughs> maybe, maybe. <laughs> like I just thought it was just so over the top that I couldn't imagine more fan service. So I, I just got to, I, I got to see what the heck's going on here. Um, and, and to that point, so obviously the more skin they show in those those Goku uniforms, the more powerful they get. Uh, Dan. How could they show any more skin than what they're showing right now in episode four? <laughs> uh, it gets into it a lot down the line. I don't want to spoil anything, but um, <laughs> okay. as right. you saw, the teacher likes to take his clothes off a lot. Yes. <laughs> in a very, uh, very sexualized manner. And while he's in another group that's fighting uh, the, the Kyrian Empire, I guess, and uh, they don't like clothes. So it, it gets a little more naked. Gotcha. No. <laughs> who he actually kind of reminds me of the that teacher dude i don't know his name but uh he actually reminds me uh uh what's from bleach uh uehara i think is that his name uh, yeah you, yeah you know who i'm talking about the blonde with the pinstripes is yeah kind name? of kind of yeah. the same role like that yeah. kind of skeevy mentor when I when I seen him, I was like, "This dude reminds me of him." That's what that's what he's playing at right now. Kind of a little pervy, kind of you know. 
That's a good uh, parallel, actually. I didn't yeah. pick that up. Yeah. But yeah, it's kind of the same role you see like Yurahara and like kind of like Jiraiya into where they're like a mentor, yeah. but they're a total yeah. fucking perv, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm digging it, honestly. So for sure, for sure. Um, I thought so. There's something that I really liked about the animation. The animation overall all was really, really nice. But yeah. um, there were some points where the it seemed like there were some manga panels interwoven into the the actual animation and i i thought that was really cool i hadn't seen that before uh tyler dan had you have you guys seen that in any other anime yeah i have and i thought that was a really interesting point when you i saw it in your in the notes for the for the episode but um this is this is an anime only it's not based on manga really so there's no there's no kill the kill manga this is just studio trigger going out big with their technically first show because I misspoke last week when I said Gurren Lagann was Studio Trigger. It's actually the two gentlemen who led the team for Gurren Lagann started Studio Trigger, and this was their first show. Oh, that's really cool. I did not know that, yeah. there, that there wasn't a manga. It, it, yeah, they look like manga panels to me, which yeah. is it's good art, artwork right there, honestly. I think, I think they've done a really good job at that, um, like a different type of style during those scenes. So I enjoyed that. What did you guys think of uh, Mako? Uh, she's best girl right now for me. I really like her. <laughs> she brings so much to the show just just by existing and just being over the top stupid. I really really enjoy it whenever she opens her mouth. It's she so is much the, fun. The comedic relief. That's all she is, man. <laughs> but wanna, I need. If you want to sum up this show um, by one character, just look at Mako. I mean. That's that's what I think. Just so over the top. She's just everywhere all at once. So yeah, she's oh. she's concentrated kill a kill. Oh, just wait, dude. Just wait. So if somebody, I'm I'm trying to still trying to figure out how to word this question. So if somebody came to you and said, "I like anime X," and you were like, "Oh, you would like Kill a Kill too," what would that anime be, Dan or Tyler? Because uh, I I haven't dealt with an anime that's been this fast paced had this much fan service you know yeah now for me the one that i'm gonna say is it doesn't have a lot of fan service in it compared to this one mm-hmm. i think it has a little bit in it but it's nowhere near as close um it's actually a kame got kill because you have that one um like uh overlord type person uh like satsuki is that's just kind of op and <sighs> Uh, stuff like that and the fights are like extremely good the only thing the only difference is is like i said the fan service and i comment got kill isn't really over the top it's uh more of a serious show it doesn't have a lot of comedy in it it's very dark so on that note though as death and sasuke kirian have a very similar dynamic yeah and they're both women that uh bass would enjoy a lot yeah. Put it that way. As Dev can definitely step on, you know, everybody. So. <laughs> but yeah, on the other side, I think with the extremely fast paced um action, quick moving, fast paced story, I think, you know, Gurren Lagon or uh Cyberpunk Edge Runners, which are actually both studio trigger. Like that's that's what they do, man. That's it. Like I watched Darling in the okay. Bronx a while back, which is also studio trigger. That was a little more of a different dynamic. Um Little, it's still very over the top, crazy, but a little less dramatic, I guess, than these two shows. So, yeah, I mean, I almost recommended uh, Darling and Franks, honestly, but it just didn't 
it's just not really the same. It's it kind of is, but it's not. So yeah, that's a much more emotional show than yeah. these two. All right, all right. Uh, well, yeah, I thought this was a pretty straightforward story. A lot of action. So I had one more question I wanted to ask you, Dan. Um, do any of the characters come become like a little bit more dynamic? Is there some personal growth involved in this? I know it's a shorter show, but that's something I usually like to see. Yeah, there's definitely more. I mean, you're going to see Ryuko, Ryuko Matoi grow a lot as a person in her demeanor. Um, I don't want to spoil anything down the line, but, um, right. you know, she goes through some challenges. And then um, the dynamic between Mako and Ryuko is really the highlight of the show down the line. So I'm, cool. I'm glad to hear cool. that. So. Awesome. Awesome. Um, so is this something you guys are going to keep watching, you think? Yeah, I think so. Um, I've, I don't know if I'm going to binge it, but it's definitely something I could turn on and chill um, with every now and then. Uh, the dubbed ain't too horrible. Um, if I need to do something in the background, uh, stuff like that, uh, I probably would uh, give it like a 6.9 out of 10, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> just for the fan service. Oh my uh, god! <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I like that. It makes me laugh a lot in every episode. So, what about you, Bass? Yeah, going off that point of making you laugh a lot, I think if I was like having a a, a tough day or something like that, and I came home. This is something I would throw on, and I, I really, I really enjoyed it. Um, like I said, I was smiling the entire time. I was laughing. Um, so it's definitely something I would keep. It's right around that seven range for me too. Um, glad you glad you uh, finally got me to watch this show, Dan. You've been making you've been telling me about this show for I think ever since I met you, my boy. <laughs> but yeah, it was it was good. It was it was really good. Well, awesome. Uh, y'all want to get into the weekly rundown now? Yes, sir. All righty. So for today's weekly rundown, we're going to be discussing One Piece episode ten fifty two first. Then moving on to My Hero Academia, episode 133. If you haven't seen them yet, now is your time to pause the podcast and go watch them because there will be spoilers. Um, we'll give you time to do what you got to do. Yeah, and if you're not caught up to One Piece, you've got a two-week break to watch a 1,000 episodes. So it's very easy to catch up in that amount of time. Uh, if you guys didn't know, One Piece is going on a break for the 12th. The fifteenth, sorry, the March fifth and the twelfth, due to some scheduling conflicts with all the new shows coming out, they're running some marathons in Japan. So we're getting a little one beast break coming up, which sucks, but could be good in the end. It could help them get a little farther ahead in the show, and you know, focus on animating these banger episodes we have coming up. Yeah, it's just two weeks, so you know, um, I'll survive. I, yeah. You know, I might be thirsty for some more one piece, but I'll survive. <laughs> we'll take care of that. Well, if y'all ready, we're going to get into the One Piece 1052. The situation has grown tense. The end of Onigashima. A little bit of summary about this episode. Uh, Realizing Onigashima's impending threat, imperiling everyone's life, Yamato and Mamanusuke launch a secret operation. Meanwhile, Sanji and Soro are both in a deadly battle against Queen and King. Um, My First thoughts for 1052 is I actually enjoyed it. The pacing felt better than it had been lately, especially after you get past all the recap moments at the beginning of the episode. It still kind of sucks, though. Um, I hope, I'm hoping that they get back to a much faster pacing soon with this break. Um, maybe it'll help us some. 
who knows uh and just like we thought last week we get to see zoro and sanji fight what's your initial thoughts dan yeah, I really enjoyed, I mean, we didn't get to see too much, but I really enjoyed the fact of when Zoro uh, cut off King's spike on his yeah. his uh, his gimp suit that he wears. <laughs> For lack of a better term. <laughs> <laughs> and it just royally pissed King off, man. And King, King is, King's a scary dude. I mean, he is three times the size of Zoro. It's got the pterodactyl dragon fruit. Like, you don't mess with that, man. That man's scary. And he's coming at Zoro in full full strength now, and Zoro's hanging on, you know? I mean, he's basically been untouchable for as long as we can remember. So he just, you know, got cut by Zoro. That's 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 crazy. For sure. I mean, but he was giving Zoro a workout. Yeah. He almost knocked him (laughs) off the island. Know what I'm saying? So that that was that was something to see. We usually don't get to see Zoro on the back foot like that too much. No, but he is fighting the right hand man of uh, Kaido, the strongest in, the pirate in the world. Big facts. right now. So, but, I uh, yeah. I am gonna have to de- disagree with the good pacing on this one. Um, I thought the I remember I checked the time, and it was halfway through the episode, and I thought it was a complete recap. Yeah, um, they were pretty much just going over uh, Momo flying and then explaining what the flame clouds were again and what they had to do to stop the island. You know, the pretty obvious stuff. But the second half of the episode, I thought it was awesome. Always yeah. love whenever I get to see uh, Zoro and Sanji fight. So, yeah, that's what that's that's what uh, I thought too. The second half was it felt better. It wasn't the best, but it felt better. The first half, boy, oh boy, <laughs> that was rough. Yeah, guys. And and speaking of the gimp suit, um <laughs> we we, <laughs> we we saw Zoro cut a piece of that bad boy off. And we I think we saw some either uh, it was either gray or blonde hair under there. I didn't think that King was a humanoid. What about you guys? At the time, no. Uh at the time I read the manga, I didn't think so either. So I thought he was, you know, I mean, I thought he was probably a similar race to what uh, Kaido is as an Oni, you know, part whatever they are. I can't remember the top of my head, but um, mm-hmm. I didn't think he was going to be a mink because the minks are the minks are a very specific race and stuff like that, you know? Yeah, very true. And outside of the minks, I don't think we've seen any unless it's augmented by a devil fruit of some sorts. I don't think we've seen any too many like hybrid animal humans, you know? Yeah, that's true. But yeah, there's like a bunch of different like races and types of characters. I, I thought that maybe they were introducing another one here, um, because you have the people with the two elbows. Um, there's certain people that have extremely big heads. I don't know if that's just them being fugly or what. <laughs> but <laughs> but Oda's done a, a nice job it, with uh, the One Piece world, just being so multicultural and having so many different uh, types of people. And there are fishmen. There. I completely forgot about the fishmen. <laughs> I guess that's a different animal, dude. That's that's the fishman or the fishman, and he's definitely not a fishman. Okay, okay. okay. But uh, no, I, you're you're on the right track here. I don't want to get into it too far, but you're on the right track there. I mean, if you remember looking at him, he's got wings, and he also just can conjure flames all the time. So you know, he's definitely got something going on. We just don't know what it is yet. That's true. And flames are like the most overused element in One Piece. If y'all haven't noticed. <laughs> everybody's got flame powers bro everybody and actually like looking back uh actually watching this for the first time after reading the manga um uh as much as like me and dan and i do 
uh, they've actually in the past like five or six episodes or something like that. They've kind of been throwing hints at what uh, what uh, uh, King is. But of course, the normal person wouldn't pick that up. But, you know, Dan and I probably have seen and heard these things. It was like, oh, shit, they're actually talking about King right now. Yeah. Uh, King's backstory in regards to Kaido, it's really cool to see once you get there. So that'll be, you know, by 4th of July, probably something like that. Right. At this point with the one piece pacing. (laughs) We can only hope, bro. (laughs) God bless. What do you guys think about? um, So obviously Queen has a backstory with Sanji's father that we don't know yet what do you guys think about that because he keeps talking about judge this judge that then smoke then smoke then smoke and it's starting to get on sanji's nerves you know um do you think that you know um queen might have had a very direct role with potentially creating judge's kids or something like that um maybe maybe i thought i would think that his his uh knowledge of technology that being judges maybe could have helped uh queen become that cyborg that he is um and i also thought it it could just be uh his level of respect for his scientific knowledge because queen is a cyborg so but it very well could be a a state where he kind of helped develop uh judges children so I i don't know i'm not sure yet i think that it also has something to do with the fact that uh, Queen wants Sanji to fight at its at his top uh, capabilities, um, as well. And he knows that without the the suit on, which he wants him to put on over and over again, um, that Sanji is actually fighting at a lower capacity right now. And I think he wants to fight him at the full capacity, kind of like Zoro is giving uh King right now. So, that's, yeah, that's my thoughts on that. I think coming off of that, you know, and the potential relationship between queen and judge i don't think queen gives a rat's ass about sanji he wants to fight judges creation you know yeah right that's more what it's about for sure um and then we saw during this episode sanji said he's feeling weird again and i think there's definitely some play there i, there, I don't know what it's going to get into you guys might know because you read the, the manga already <laughs> they're shaking their head yeah guys and uh <laughs> But I'm excited to see like what's going on with that. Well, you know, why is he why is he bugging out right now? So what, that, that's what, something that, that's something to watch. What do you think's happening, Bass? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I, I just watched this episode like a couple of hours ago, and I've been sitting here thinking about it the entire time because that's it's really interesting, man. Yeah, I think Sanji's alluded to it a few times in the show so far about he's worried about kind of becoming that lifeless, emotionless killer like his brothers are. And he's trying to, he might be programmed for that deep down. He's trying to fight that, you know? That's something to look out for here in the future. That is definitely something to look out for. Um, So King personally has, I think he has a really great character design. His, his uh, quote unquote, get suit. Um, it's phenomenal. <laughs> I like all the, the spike in the spikes in the leather and it, it hides his face. It makes him look really, really cool. Um, I don't know if you guys have given it much thought. But what's your like favorite beast pirate, you know, design or drip outside of Kaido? Huh. Uh, the wheels are turning. I gotta <laughs> I gotta I gotta think. Okay. Okay. King King is pretty solid, honestly, but to factor in like I think Queen 
is pretty is my favorite not mm-hmm. only because of his uh drip but actually his demeanor as well you know he's he we seen when we first got introduced to the uh beast pirates and stuff on onigashimas the famous you know zoom 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 you know oh he's yeah. always yeah. good for a laugh yeah. man he really is yeah so yeah queen unlike king is really a performer you know, like Bags. he, he, like they call him the lead performer, but he is a performer, man. He is always down for a good time, and uh, you know, I think that's a big part of his character. I really enjoy him. So, but I think if I had to pick one, who is probably my like the drippiest of all, I gotta go. Who's who, man? <laughs> who's who? Okay, okay, all right, all right. He's got I'm that so- red suit. He's got that red suit and that mask with the spikes on it. He looks fly, dude. He he really does. He really does. I'm surprised no one. Brought up Jack. I, I thought Jack, when he's uh, the mammoth or the or the elephant, I think I think he looks really really cool, man. He's yeah, a, I think he's an absolute ass. I hate him, but man's oh, dripped. No. I'm si- I'm sick on Queen, bro. I'm sick all right, queen. all right, all right. We zooming up out of here. You know what I mean? Yeah, Jack's a cool design, but he's also just a big oaf. Like I don't know, not my he favorite is a mammoth, design, bro. Uh. Yeah, so um, we actually also found out that uh, the Kato's flame clouds are becoming weaker in the first uh, half of this episode. Uh, what do you, y'all think Momo's gonna? Y'all think he's actually gonna be able to step up and do it, or if there or are there any like alter, alternative ways that he could uh, save the flower capital right now? I I don't see an alternative. I think Momo's gonna have a lot of growth coming up, and I think Coach Yamato is gonna get him there. Good, yeah. good, good. Yeah, that's that's where I am right now. The last couple of episodes, I, I've been saying, you know, I wasn't a believer of Momo, but I start, I'm starting to look like he's got that dog in him somewhere. A tiny dog. Maybe a chihuahua, but it's in there. Um, so Chihuahuas I, I, can be fierce, bro. I hey, mean. man, I've been bitten by a chihuahua. I don't <laughs> fuck with him like that. <laughs> Little Paco, the neighbor's dog, used to fuck my world up on the daily. But, um, yeah, it's... Onigashima is so close to the flower capital at this point. I don't. I don't see like a hard ass pull. No, at this they said point. five minutes. So yeah, five minutes. That's pretty close. We're we're about to get a Dragon Ball Z yes Frieza in time. Time. I was time just about to say right here. This is going to go on for <laughs> six months, yeah. and uh, it's going to be five minutes to six months. You know. Yeah. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah. So. Uh, anybody have anything else on the One Piece? No, I think I'm good with that. Yeah. Yeah. Alrighty. So now we're going to move on to, uh, My Hero Academy, um, episode 133, titled Hired Gun. The summary is, the top three heroes continue to face criticism as they deal with jailbreakers and looks, look for hints about Offer One and Shigaraki's whereabouts. And uh, Izuku comes across a villain from Tartarus. Um, guys, I don't know if I've said this before, but I really enjoy my heroes' intros lately. They're certified bangers. So, Big facts. Uh, they, uh, they're, and speaking of bangers, let's get into My Hero 133. We start off on this episode by seeing civilians trying to take matters into their own hands. And... But this time with innocent citizens, just because she looks different, we're really starting to see the evolution of distrust and fear in this world without heroes. And what do you think about this heavy opening scene in this chaotic new world? 
Um, I, I thought it was pretty important um, for them to show something like this. We had seen uh, the regular citizens turn down the help of heroes, even though they were high schoolers. Um, but this just kind of shows how scared everybody is, you know, uh, when there's turmoil in the real world and there's a lot of, you know, tense things going on, like right now in our real lives, people are on edge. People ta- attack each other. And and to have that in the show and it to be relevant to the things that are going on right now in the world, uh, I thought that was really cool to see that. But everybody's on edge. Everybody's afraid of everybody. So if you look different, you might get messed with like that, like that lady there. Dan? Yeah, yeah I think it was uh, a good point, too, that I should... Midoriya is still going to be Midoriya deep down and he's going to protect people in that scenario. Um, I mean, I'm just sure those guys were afraid, but you can't just attack somebody for walking around in the street at night. You know, it's kind of messed up, but it is. Isn't that what they're doing right now, though? But with more evil intent, actually. So the people that was walking around. Yeah, no, I'm saying that like they shouldn't have attacked Ellie just because she was out yeah. of her. Home. That's what I'm saying. Um, like, how how are you going to be attacking her when you're actually doing the same thing, but with uh, more malicious intent? So, well, they think they're protecting the the yeah. people who are still in the town. You know, they think they're doing the right <laughs> thing, but they just jump the gun on it, and um, that's why it's nice to you know have the heroes, yeah. a hero society where you know you have people who are in charge of that because they have a better, um, I guess, like understanding and frame of mind on who is actually a villain and who's not. You know. That's very true. That's very true. Also, like how Deco approached the situation, um, he kind of just talked to the guys. He talked them yeah. down. Um, I, for one in that situation, might have hit somebody. So that's why I'm not a hero, though. Uh, <laughs> but he did a really good job at calming down the situation, uh, uh, mitigating the damage, and, and kind of just getting between uh, them and her. It was really cool to see. Uh, did y'all happen to catch there at the end of that scene? Uh, when she asked, will it ever go back the way it was before? And Deku replied, I will make it go back. I thought that was dope. Yeah, yeah, I thought that was friggin' dope. He, he's really <laughs> determined right now. And um, that, that kind of goes into a question I want to ask, you know, or something I, I, I've observed about these last few episodes versus the, you know, the start, the first few seasons of My Hero, is it's always been more of like a light, positive you know there's a lot of dance numbers and going on people overcoming their challenges and now we've gotten to a state these last few episodes where it's dark it's dark there's high stakes there's things that have to be done there's it's critical moves that have to be made um guys are you are you guys liking that switch over to that like mode for this show yeah i mean i love it i think i think this is like i said last episode this is going to be some peak my hero academia right here i think this direction they're going with the time skip is awesome yeah, I mean, uh, when when stuff starts going from the light and uh, the lighter side of things to like a dark, more serious tone, that's when things usually actually get better as far as plot and story goes. So I'm here for it. Yeah, I'm, I'm I think they're really in their bag. Right now. Yeah, yeah, they're 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 definitely in their bag right now. Yeah. What did you guys feel about the introdu- introduction of the new uh, quote unquote big baddie for this arc with uh, Lady Nagant? That is one of the most ridiculous broken powers I think there are in the show. Um, the fact that she pretty much has what seems like nearly unlimited ammo with her hair, and she can just pull pieces off and throw them in her shoulder and shoot it out of her elbow. I thought that was really entertaining. And um, she can actually shape them however she wants as well. You know, yeah, she can make. I think they said she can make hollow points, FMJ. Yeah. I mean, what, curving bullets like that's yeah. it's nuts. 
So what I actually thought um, the first time the bullet curved, I thought she was controlling them uh, telepathically. I did too, but which I thought was going to be just completely broken, but they actually just curving bullets. Dan, what'd you think about her? Yeah, I liked her. Um, I think it'd be a really good introduction because I mean, there's gonna be such a big backstory with her. I mean, she's like the former Hawks. So I think right. there's gonna be a huge backstory with, you know, her fall and potential redemption down the line, which I'm really excited for. And uh, she's definitely a waifu material. She can be my waifu any day, bro. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and and uh, so how she got into that situation is all for one, you know, hired her, you know, to bring in Midoriya, which speaks a lot to her power level. You know, you were saying, you know, she was the Hawks of her time. But, you know, what what does that really, you know, what is to you guys, what does that say about the level of threat that all for one thinks Midoriya is right now? I mean, what? he trusts her with doing something that he don't think anybody else can because De- Deku is just a powerful being right now. Um, it would take, but he's not only asking her to uh, go after him, he's asking her to not kill him. He's asking her to capture. So that's, yes. a, that's a big thing. I mean, to be honest, it might just be all for one looking for a time stall. So he can get Shigaraki up to 100% and potentially take over his body because that's that's the end game right there. Oh, big brain. So it might just be a time stall because he knows that he can hold him off for a while. Um, yeah, did you notice that his his initial payment was he gave her another quirk? Yeah, did y'all see that? Yeah, I did. I and forgot which like, quirk it was, though. What was she that? could skywalk. Oh, yeah, that is right. Airwalk, I believe. Airwalk. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, But, um... I thought it was interesting, and that's a, such a good quirk for somebody of her caliber, too, because she's a sniper, so now she can get to places that are going to give her a better vantage point. So it's literally even making her even more broken. Yeah, and no, plus that, she can get away. Sure. She can keep her distance as well. If De- That way Deku can't just, like, push um, really fast. She can actually back, you know, get away very fast now as well. Right. So like, keep her distance. I mean, typically when you have somebody that has a range of power, they're not they're not brawlic up close. You know, they're no. very vulnerable. So that was a that was a smart move by all for, uh all for one right there. Uh speaking of speaking of Lady Naja and uh everything that's happening with her, y'all see who she's got with her back there in the background? Oh yeah, oh overhaul there. Yeah. That was a I like that callback. I like that callback, but my man is in a sorry ass state right now. Yeah, he's broken, bro. Well, he's so, got no hands, dude. Yeah, but <laughs> what what's she doing with a useless overhaul, though? Is what we're trying to figure out. Um, I don't know. He might not be useless if they can figure out how to get him to be able to use his quirk again. And I mean, she might see that in him, or she might just feel bad because I mean, she was a hero deep down originally before whatever happened with her partner. So maybe she wants to save him. Essentially, I don't know. There's a lot of ways that could go with it. I'm interested to see where that goes. Yeah, I think it's a little bit more sinister than that. I think she's trying to use him for something. I just don't know I, what yet. I would say that she was she might use him for a hostage for Deku, but she actually already had him before she ran into Offer One. So she had plans for what he, she whatever she was going to use him for before she even knew about Deku. So, but I mean, she still may use him as a hostage against Deku because Deku, I don't think, would want to see someone like that hurt. Um, so, Yeah, somebody that's, that's that vulnerable, he, he's definitely not going to put that person in danger. So that's a good yeah. point, Tyler. I didn't, I, didn't even, I didn't even think of that. Definitely. 
What did you guys think about the continued perception of the top three heroes and how the public actually treated them? Um, them ask uh, the public asking uh, our, our top three heroes here, kind of a little bit about what they're still hiding. I thought that was one incredibly perceptive of them, uh, and two, I think that's going to cause them a lot of problems, a lot of problems uh, later on in the series, um, because they have to work on some trust with the public. It's in a sorry, sorry state, and I don't think they're going to be able to uh, make things better until they kind of come out with that. But when and how do you do that is the thing. Yeah, I'm not sure. Uh, and another thing is like the top three heroes, they say in that uh, somewhere around that time that they're trying to keep their distance from Deku. We didn't actually know that. This is the first time we heard it. Um, and the reason why is they say is to keep the public from treating uh, Deku negatively. Because uh, um, right now, I guess, I'm not sure why the public would treat Deku differently from the top three heroes and other heroes because Deku is still a hero. So I'm not sure uh, why that is, Um, but I I think a uh, perceptive reporter could kind of put two and two together if they're seen together um, and understand that, that he's potentially the other thing they're talking about. Oh, so you're saying that as of right now, like uh, he's seen as just a, nobody a vigilante running around saving people yeah but if they actually put it together that that's what shigaraki shigaraki and offer one was after blah blah blah, then they would probably try to take matters into their own hand maybe potentially and it could be something too where they're trying to find a way to um you know buy deku time to get the full power to become that new symbol of peace so they're just trying to keep that distance from them that way when it comes out and he becomes that potentially he is the guy, you know, everybody looks up to him and they kind of forget about everything else and they don't associate him with that. That's kind of what I was thinking on that front. Yeah. I, and I think, so if they did kind of like release who he is too early, um, I, I think it could get to a point where like, so if I was in the public and my entire life had got turned upside down, I was living in ruins literally. Um, and I found out all this was over Deku. I'd be like, you know, not being too heady about it. It's like, just give him what he wants. I want this to stop. And I think there would be a, percep- uh, a percentage of the public that would be trying to find him and rat him out. So I think that would cause a huge problem for him. Yeah, definitely. I think that they're leaving us with a lot of open-ended questions, which I think is really fun. Well, for us, because we talk about it. But um, oh, yeah. <laughs> as a viewer, too, you know, it's it's been very fun. Um, I don't think there's really much else to talk about in this episode. Do you guys? Uh, that's it for me, man. Uh, there's just one thing. Like, we actually see the... We were talking about the last two... Uh, the powers of um, wielders. Uh, we get to see a little bit about them, but we don't see a whole lot about them. But they decide that they're actually going to help Deku now, kind of, I think. Right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. And they... we kind of see them like, it seems like they're more of an attack offensive powers um, based on what we actually get to see, what little we get to see. So it's going to be interesting. Definitely. Is... But, uh, Anybody got anything else? No, I think we're going to move on to Buddy Daddies. Yes, sir. Um, So, Buddy Daddies, episode seven. After rain comes fair weather. Um, Summary is, a change in season dredges up bad memories for Kazuki, who already is feeling overworked and unappreciated at home. 
Um, so we're used to this show being light and funny with some heavy over-the-top violence uh, action scenes in it. But this week's episode really wanted to push the opposite side of the spectrum. Everything that could go wrong does. There's not a lot of action in this one. We learned some heavy truths as well. And it's just a tough mental battle for everyone. What did y'all think about this one? Yeah, I, uh, I, this episode kind of, you know, we had talked about how a lot of the characters seemed a little one dimensional and, you know, Kazuki was kind of just the goofy guy, but holy shit, man, this really dove into it. And, uh, he is such a deeper character than I originally thought. Um, just hearing that, you know, he watched his fiance at the time die yeah. while doing a mission. Uh, that just, that was so sad, dude. It really was. It uh, it made me think of him a little bit differently um, after knowing that. And he, you could see he was blaming himself for it um, when he was talking to Kieran. Uh, he's like, you didn't, you know, you didn't kill my sister or anything. He's like, yes, I, I did kill her as he was like walking away. So he has some, you know, some self, some guilt there. Um, that going on him, you know, having to do all the housework at the same time. It was, he was heavy hearted. It's really heavy hearted. And you, you know what? I think that at be, at the beginning of the episode, when uh, Mary, loses her umbrella and it gets hit by the uh, car or the truck. I think that's what triggered it all because at the end you see the last thing that uh, Kazuki sees is his wife's fiance's umbrella um, just being blown away. Kind of. I think that that's what triggered all this, all his mental battles to start happening in this episode. Honestly, y'all think so too? Yeah, yeah, I really do. Um, we didn't know what it meant at first. Uh, we had no no realization of uh, you know what that umbrella meant or anything. Um, but it, I think it was really good to see him kind of work through that with Karen, especially since she's going off to uh, France to study fashion. Um, but this episode kind of like just touched on a lot of like relatable feelings about being underappreciated. You know, self blame. I think a lot of people do that or feel that way at times in their life. Everybody feels unappreciated some at some point, you know? Um, so it really got me more invested in the story. Um, but guys, we, he got a lot of healing too. It was, it was some growth. He put some things in the past. I think, um, he left (laughs) Ray and, and Mary there by themselves. Uh, what a train wreck. (laughs) That was hilarious though. Um, but you guys think that, uh, the, the, those feelings of his are going to be left in the past or you think there's going to come back around at some point? What's the thoughts there? Yeah, I don't know about initially even the past, but I think he's going to learn to kind of cope with them and deal with them in a better, healthier way. Right. And I think it's going to make him a better person overall. I mean, one of the things that Kieran said was, you know, you made my sister so happy and I think you're going to do the same for this little girl. So that hit home, man. I was not ready. I was not ready for the emotional impact of that episode (laughs) when I watched it before I started the podcast today. I know. I know, man. Uh, Reagan was walking through 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 the living room and I was like, uh... That's my roommate for the guys, the, the people at home. Is I was like, no, I'm not crying. You're you're crying. You're crying. <laughs> <laughs> and so see, that was really cool, man. That, there was some really good interaction between uh, Kieran and, and uh, Kazuki this episode. Yeah, that was much needed. It's, it's crazy that he let it go that long without. He was wanting to give her money and uh, stuff to help her out. I guess because he felt like he did kill her or whatever, but. He actually needed to talk to her, uh, I think, and I'm glad that it finally happened um, because she dropped some big bombs on him. 
you know, just like everything in life, you uh, they they want you to be happy. They don't want you to be sad and blame yourself, you know. So yeah, it's just uh, I love this episode honestly. Yeah, five years. I mean, almost to the day they said that's yeah. a long time to be carrying that around. That is a and, is an extremely long time to be sitting there blaming yourself. And you, you can't know, really tell unquote. it. Honestly. No, that's why I gained a lot of respect for this guy this episode. Yeah. You know, he even through all that, he mentioned to be upbeat, caring. Um, you know, always looking out for the people around him. It was, it, it's awesome. I think he's yeah. a great character. You know, last episode, I was saying that he was my one of my least favorite characters, but they gave him some depth here. I think he needed that. Yeah, definitely. I think that's something you see a lot too with people who um, are dealing with a situation like that. You know, it's always anniversaries, stuff like that, that really bring the emotion out. So I haven't personally been through anything like that, but I, I know it's very relatable for a lot of people. Yes. Yeah, you would expect that from Ray, but not from Kazuki. So. Um, yes. Speaking of Ray, what do you guys think about his character development this episode? Um, Actually, like the last time we was talking about this, uh, he really got a big buff in episode three, I think it was. But after that, he kind of like took a step back again, I thought. And then this episode, uh, episode seven, he like went, um, they went way up there. I really enjoyed that they put him back in the show. I wish they would keep him in the show and like uh, as a main uh, character like Kazuki, but based on what's happened in the past, they'll probably put him back down in the background um, after this one, honestly. So I'm not sure in that, you know, I think that Kazuki can see that he took a step forward in the role of, you know, being one of the papas and might try and, you know, Ray might step up and actually try and take a little more responsibility on versus being the, uh, the fun uncle, kind of role, you know? Yeah, that's true. I, I think for this, this whole dynamic with them three to work, I think he has to step up a little bit. Definitely. Uh, he can't just play video games with Miri all day anymore. Um, he yeah. was already like one of my favorite characters. He he wasn't too dynamic, I will admit that. Um, but I kinda liked how mysterious he was, but I did not enjoy at all how little he was just helping helping around the house. Um, I've had some college roommates that didn't help around <laughs> the house. So I kinda understood where Kazuki was coming from with that. I've been in I've felt that way before. Um, so that was relatable. So it'll be good if they let Ray kind of step into the uh, the forefront of the show a little bit more and be a little bit more involved just in general. Yeah, I think they've done a really good job bouncing between both of them, like dynamically, where like one episode focuses on Kazuki, one episode focuses on Ray here and there. And I think like the episode before this was very Miri focused. The zoo, if you guys, we didn't talk about it, but that's true. Uh, you see a lot of growth from Miri and her classmates and stuff like that. Um but I think with the the subtle hints we've gotten about Ray's background, I think he is going to have a really, really big episode coming up sooner than later. Yeah, I, I agree so with that. Too. Yeah, completely agree. Um, speaking of like uh, the last episode, we we seen like uh, Mary and uh, Kazuki's first big fight as well, um, and that kind of hit hard as well. And we actually learned that Mary is not just your normal, uh, like, happy-go-lucky kid. She actually has a lot of values, and I respect that. So, yeah, I figured I'd bring that up. So Yeah, I'm definitely excited to see everybody else grows more. But uh, do you guys have anything else on Buddy Daddies? And that's Uh, it for me. Great episode this week. Yeah, Yeah, definitely. Definitely a banger. If you guys aren't watching this show, definitely recommend it. 
Well, guys, that is actually going to do it for us this week. Um, you know, we didn't get a chance to watch a movie or something like that to talk about, but we really appreciate you guys tuning in to episode three of the Anime DGENs podcast. If you enjoyed listening, we'll be dropping new episodes every Wednesday, like we've told you. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Music, Google Podcasts, and other platforms. If you'd like to support the podcast, make sure to leave a review and tell your friends. Uh, to stay up to date with the DGENs, make sure to click our link tree in the bio to follow on TikTok, Twitter, and especially join our Discord. That's been a lot of fun lately. We've started getting a lot of conversations rolling in there with the viewers. Uh, again, we appreciate you hanging out and make sure to stay degenerate.